Welcome back to Nota Bene. I am here with Benjamin Gonsil. My name is Nate Freeman. This is the only Art World podcast. How are we, Benjamin? You know, you know what season it is, right? It's gala, it's gala season. season. It's gala season, everyone. Man, I've been hitting up so many fucking galas this you week. It's, so it's many, like the best week of the year. You're in so many galas, you don't even have time to write your weekly column. <laughs> it's going live in just a few minutes. But yes, I took a week off last week. Because gala season's a lot, Ben. You know, it takes a lot of you. You hit everything. The opening of a can of sardines. You put a black tie on it, and you, you are there. Know it. Um, what's been some highlights this week? What do you hit? So Monday you had New Museum. New Museum, which was great. There was also the Young Arts Gala at the Met, but I chose the New Museum at Cipriani South Street. The New Cipriani because we're no spring chickens anymore. Exactly. You got to um, do two galas in a night is a lot. You know who did two galas in a night it was Logsdale. Logsdale did two galas. Uh, we well, can talk about that in a second. So you were at the Cipriani because I saw him earlier that very same evening mm-hmm. at the Madison Square Park Conservancy Gala. Mm-hmm. How was uh, that? Uh, it was okay. Not really art worldy, even though mm-hmm. it was honoring uh, Hugh Hayden, who was among the nominees, big friend of the pod, Shout and great you. artist who has an, uh, an outdoor exhibition of sculpture up there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was cool. It was lots of like local politicians and real estate developers. Um, mm-hmm. You had Eileen Igobian uh, auctioning off like two shovels for like 600 bucks. I don't know. Love it. I kind of faded out. had an amazing table uh, sitting next to... Uh, I'm not sure if you want to be named, but friend of the pod from Los Angeles, great collector, TK, uh, who I know you've met, uh, and uh, Lisa Bonas. But uh, obviously, uh, you said Alex Logsdale had to be there for his artist, Hugh, Mm -hmm. and then rushed downtown to, as far as I'm concerned, the middle of fucking nowhere, that Cipriani. Yeah, but it's a gorgeous space. You got great views of the water. You feel like you're kind of in Venice a little bit, even though you're at you know tip of Manhattan. It was a great crown. You know, uh, the new museum really brings them out. Well, you know, at the Madison Square Park, one interesting thing: the the outgoing executive director of the organization uh, had all the employees stand up, introduce all of them. They were all att- uh, uh, invited to attend the gala and sit at tables. That's great. You know where that wasn't happening? I bet you Lisa Phillips was not inviting her employees to the new museum gala. Lisa Phillips herself was not there because Whoa. she tested positive for COVID. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Hey, it happens, all right? You know, like I've been tested like five times this week because of all these galas. Thank I don't like you having know. you in my office right now. If I have to cancel Venice. Do I have to take another fucking PCR test? I'm fine. No, I almost gave you an instant test, but it's okay. I'll mm-hmm. live. Um, I'm just not going to test until I get until I have to come back to the U.S. But it was a great crew. Uh, I was honoring uh, the great artist John Comfra, uh, who uh, you know who introduced him was was the great actor Danny Glover, who uh, is instantly a, a big fan and collector of John's work. Didn't know that the, mm-hmm. that Danny uh, uh, was a collector of contemporary art. Mm-hmm. He is. I mean, you know, truly a legend. I mean, I, I don't think he's been acting much, but you know, Lethal Weapon alone, you know. I rewatched the first Lethal Weapon on a plane recently. Fucking great movie. Oh, that might be my that might be Fucking might be great. my Easter night flight a to perfect, Italy. Perfect, perfect film. Anyway, that was exciting. Uh, I was sitting at uh, a great uh, table full of employees and artists at the Paula Cooper Gallery, um, and and that was that was just a blast. And uh, it was a good time. Who's the was there a musical performance? Uh, no musical performance. Um, but. Uh, there was, you know, just a, a lot of, you know, heavy hitters in attendance. Great part of my gal, I gotta say, seven o'clock dinner. We actually sat down probably seven fifteen. Wow. I was out of there by nine p.m. I was at home by nine thirty. Talk about that's my kind of gala right there. That's insane! Wow, look at that. What, what, what time do you guys get out of the new museum gala? Oh, I mean, pretty reasonable. I think we left around nine forty-five. Oh, that's uh, not so bad. Actually. Not so bad. No, I mean, I, there wasn't really any sort of after-party shenanigans in that one. Um, though, you know, other galas do have some after-party shenanigans. Uh, namely the the Tuesday night. Yeah, so you were at where were you at Tuesday? Is that the Paris, Paris Review? Review. 
and this was this was fun, man. This so that's was great. A, of course a literary magazine, mm-hmm. uh, but it does have some art world notables on its board of directors. Yeah. So um, Dodi Kazanjian, longtime uh, board member of the Paris Review. Uh, I should also mention Radika Jones, editor in chief of Vanity Fair, also on the board. But a new uh, board member is uh, the one and only Larry Gagosian, who joined uh, the board late last year. Wow! Did he show up? He did. He did with his girlfriend in tow. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, also, a number of of his artists were sitting at his table. I think uh, Spencer Sweeney was there, John Curran, Rachel Feinstein, Ed Boucher. Uh It was it was it was, 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 heavy Je- was Jeff Koons there. You know what? Jeff was not there. He was okay. at the New Museum Gala. Because uh, I saw a great, pi- I got, saw a great picture of you and Jeff chit chatting. We, we were chatting the a little museum? bit. I didn't get a chance to ask him to come on the pod, but oh. I'm sure I'm sure he will. You know, uh, uh, down the line. Opportunities. He's lost, a busy man. guy. He's sending art to space. Come on. Who are they honoring at the Paris Review? Uh, they were honoring the great artist Jamaica Kincaid. Oh, very cool. Artist, little she's a writer, literary artist, and uh, also Ed Boucher was was an honorary host, which was cool. And the master of ceremonies was uh, was Zadie Smith, uh, the the novelist wow. and writer who memorably wrote a great profile of Henry Taylor for the New Yorker a few years back. Yeah, not so long ago. Oh, mm. that is that's a that's a power packed fucking uh, bill of yeah, fare, man. man. Zadie Smith was probably the best MC I've ever seen at any gala ever. She gets up, she starts her her little spiel by saying, like, this is my nightmare. Like, I hate MCs. All I want for them to do is shut up. I want to drink, talk to my friends. And then proceeded to give this incredible self-depreciating, like, monologue that was just, you know, really peerless. It was fucking great. And she had everyone in the palm of her hands. It was awesome. And where where did their gala take place? Cipriani, 42nd Street. Cipriani, back-to-back. Back-to-back. Let's uh, go. uh, Who had more high-end food? It was the same food, dude. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, and then that wasn't enough for you. You had to go to the uh, the Curse Bomb Gala the following evening, right? Dude, that, that it was a great gala. It was wonderful. You know, I mean, yeah, but like, I picked a side here, and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, shout out uh, uh, Betsy Sussman and the whole Bomb family. I loved, I loved the event last night. It was wonderful. It was honoring the great Walton Ford, who has a show up at Gosian right now. wow um great guy super brilliant guy Mm -hmm. and uh yeah uh again just like a great crew of people um, so was gagosian there again uh supporting their their artist walton ford larry was not there uh um some great gagosian staffers including lily mortimer and sophie cohen were there uh got to hang out with them sophie was just down at a little wedding in palm beach Uh, oh she was mm -hmm. she was what wedding was that uh it was just you know uh this Really modest wedding between just this kid named Brooklyn and this 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 girl named Nicola. And they really it's a wedding that really kept out of the media. It was really really, really, yeah, really looking. Really looking. Speaking of that wedding, I saw a couple of nice snaps uh from there. You clearly hired for photographer for Vogue. I know. With not one but two artworks by Rashid Johnson, it seemed like. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> single photo was taken in front of those Rashids. Yeah. It was so sick. Did, did he get any licensing fee for that? I don't think so. I hope he got invited. Uh, you know? I don't know. We, yeah, we could text, we'll text and ask. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably prepping to head to Venice to support his mm-hmm. wife, uh, Sherry Giuseppian's inclusion yep. in the Venice Biennale. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they will be there in full force. Uh, I cannot wait to see them at all the little palazzos and all the big palazzos. Was it, I just want to make sure I, I got all the gala coverage. I didn't miss any, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The public art fund is tonight, but we can't talk about that yet because I haven't, Cause haven't been. No. I mean, but I think we can imagine what it's going to be like. It'll be great. It'll be great, but the same. Um, 
Gala season. Yeah, I've really limited my amount of galas, and I don't feel bad about that. Uh, zero mm-hmm. FOMO. Uh, I like seeing the pictures the next day. I love seeing the ladies' gowns. Totally. Uh, and that's about it for me, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's someone I really love, like you, and 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 want to support in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I do want to back up because last week uh, we chatted. You were in Chicago. You had not been to the fair yet. And in retrospect, I was like a little dismissive of that fair. And I I wouldn't say I feel badly, but I think I was I was playing a part to a certain extent. I've enjoyed that fair every time I've gone. I've always found things mm-hmm. and. I enjoy the great Midwestern collectors that are there. Um, what did you see? What was the vibe on the floor? Uh, I thought that the fair was very strong. There uh, you know, were a lot of great local galleries and also Midwestern galleries that I wasn't super familiar with that brought really interesting, cool work. Uh, there were some heavy hitters. Uh, Petzl and Max Hetzler were there. Um, you know, I think that it was a really great fair for Chicago. I, I think that you know the local collectors like Penny Pritzker showed up. Uh, you had a lot of you know curators and museum directors from institutions throughout the Midwest. Um, and yeah, it just was a really really great vibe. They, you, you were know, only there one you, one day, excuse me, but did it feel as though people were doing business on the floor? Were things getting sold? I think so. I think that people brought stuff to sell. There was a lot of you know uh, great fresh to market work, you know, and uh, so I think that I, I didn't really get in the nitty gritty of it because I wasn't really writing a big thing about the fair. Um, I was there to just sort of give a talk and just hang out. But what um, was the subject of your talk? I was interviewing an, an artist uh, who had a show that was opening at the great Kavi Gupta Gallery. Who? Uh, Devin Shimayama. Oh yeah, great work. Mm-hmm. And Kavi, a great old friend, mm-hmm. uh, and his wife Jessica, super uh-huh. people. Yeah, that big, was a lot big, of fun. Big wine guy. Oh yeah, big wine guy. Did I you get... did you get a chance to stop by their new house? No, I I didn't. Uh, I actually just dipped into Devin's opening really quick and then went off to a dinner. Uh, but I have heard many a story about the long wine heavy dinners up at their incredible pad with, with a, a great collection a lot of nick cave and david hammonds right yeah they have a cool collection i haven't been to the new house but a great collection he's a very knowledgeable wine head mm-hmm. they're just a fun like down-to-earth like midwestern couple man. yeah they that's chicago to be somewhat you know fairly powerful art mm-hmm. dealers uh in their way um well that's cool i didn't have fomo again but i you know i always do have a good time there and i do have a chicago a chicago guy so next year i'll probably probably make an effort to get out there and what else mm-hmm. has been going on in the art world? So obviously, you get, we had the big Warhol that we mentioned last mm-hmm. week, which is coming up. That's coming uh, up. But you know what? His his contemporary uh, and sometime collaborator has a couple of big shows up right now, Jean-Michel Basquiat. That's true. And uh, there's a great... Have you seen the show that's up at Namad Contemporary? I haven't yet? yet, but it looks fucking fabulous. Oh, absolutely incredible show uh, curated by Dieter... Second name, I'm forgetting. Dieter Bukholz. Yeah, Dieter Bukholz, who's... Bur- yeah. Burkhart, 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 who's uh, done a lot of uh, collaborations, especially on the commercial side of uh, of curatorial uh, presentations mm. of Jean Michel's work. This one is incredible. Like the whole layout, it's just such a dope, dope thing. Everyone should go check that out. And then the the Basquiat family themselves have organized an exhibition mm-hmm. that's over there on the west side, At the somewhere. Starrett Lehigh Building. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I yet. haven't yet. Uh, it looks like it's. You know, a lot of ephemera, a lot of history. It's kind of like, you know, more than just the work. I think there is a lot of great work that's been in the hands of the family for, you know, since his death in 88. Uh, and it's, it's sort of like a mix between a Basquiat show and like the sort of, you know, Van Gogh experience as Basquiat. You know, like I think it's like uh, not your typical museum show, so to speak. Yep, yep. And they uh, they, they they have a lot of ephemera. There's a soundtrack to the exhibition, I believe, that's mm-hmm. playing. Uh, so 
I'm excited to check that out probably when I get back from Venice. Me too. Before we get into more nitty-gritty on Venice, uh, both you and I and then with our guests, uh, I very rarely get Art World news from People Magazine, but this time I did. Max Holland made another big hire. Yeah, he Max did. He knows he knows how to he knows how to get the press. Uh, I guess you would call her the former uh, princess of Japan, uh, Princess Mako. The Met once again just stacking it up, stacking the talent over there, just uh, stacking the incredible. talent. Incredible. Uh, who um, abdicated her position within the royal family so that she could marry a commoner, uh, her college sweetheart, who is a lawyer based here in New York. She is in turning in the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art's Asian Arts uh, Department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Uh, and she's had a really rough go of it, and so I think they keep their head down here in New York. But what a cute little couple. Great couple. I mean, like, I'm looking forward to seeing them at some cocktail parties, at some dinners, you know. I mean, they're going to be the Met Gala. They're going to be out and about. It would be cool if they became the toast of the town. Like, Absolutely. That would be, they deserve you know? it because they were they sh- deserve it. They were basically shat on by the Japanese press, uh, or she was, for marrying a commoner. I'm sure they listen to this podcast. So, you know, you know, when you hear this, just know, you know, you can come on the pod. we got some fun parties to go to. You're a New Yorker now. Princess, come on down. Come on by. Come on by. Come on by. Um, I think that was it for all the big men news. Although, speaking of galas, you know, uh, uh, the, the the woman who took over your column, Wet Paint, uh, Annie, uh, over at the Artnet, uh, did some great contact tracing of the gala season predicated upon uh, our COVID-positive mayor, mm-hmm. Eric Adams' movements throughout the nightlife of yeah, New York City. Who did the mayor infect? Everybody? I mean, everybody. Uh, Sarah Hoover, definitely, like, <laughs> confirmed. Um, <laughs> Adams said he hadn't he didn't have any COVID symptoms. Uh, Adam Cohen, this is, because the, his honor uh, showed up for an opening of uh, right. a hug from the art world. Uh, <laughs> so the quote from Adams, he wasn't exhibiting any COVID symptoms, which uh, makes me suspicious if are he's they, tested are himself. They to them? Are they, like, I'd be kind of pissed if the mayor gave me COVID. I know, but it's, so I guess uh, it wasn't a gala, but uh, uh, Sarah Hoover was seated next to him at a Bergdorf Goodman's event. I have to say, mm-hmm. whoever designed the seating plan and put Sarah Hoover next to his honor, genius. kudos, absolute genius. kudos. Um, she's an incredible person, a sharp mm-hmm. wit, uh, has a definite political standpoint, and I would love to have been a fly on the wall of her uh, uh, of her insightful comments towards him yeah i bet i bet his honor was just like oh nice like chill lunch and then had no idea yeah. what the fuck was coming <laughs> and she comes in soft because she's always like she's got mm-hmm. great fashion style like you don't know you don't realize that she's um also an intellectual force i feel mm-hmm. like we've mentioned her a couple times oh recently. totally we gotta she'd get her, her on the pod. pod she'd be she'd be down to clown totally. as the kids say mm-hmm. um that's it for New York. I'm out. It's fucking beautiful out it's here. It's gorgeous. We got some Venice stuff, but you know what? We can save it for next week, right? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited, though, and I think the right, people are, too. Right. So we'll, well we got a, a great quick, guest on who's currently th- in Venice right now. Gower's uh, Mike Egan uh, mm-hmm. joins us live from Venice, where he's there, as he says, providing emotional support to some artists of his mm-hmm. or, or friends of his that are artists that are showing there. And he gives us a little bit of the forum one one on what to expect. I am getting beyond excited. If I get beyond. COVID before I go, it's just, I'm going to be cranky. <laughs> almost um, there. We're almost there. Almost there. I, I, I'm wheels up on Easter Sunday because obviously I don't, uh, I don't celebrate wheels up that, tomorrow, baby. that holiday. Uh, de- will not be keeping kosher for Passover while in Italy because I want some. <laughs> I want some vongole. Not gonna lie. I guess that isn't kosher anyway. Mm. Um, I'm excited to. So I land. I go to Milan on Monday. Going to go right to Venice. Not much open there on on, on Easter Monday. We'll mm-hmm. figure something out. And then the events begin Tuesday. Man, it's like it's like breakneck speed. We're trying to schedule some podcasts. We got to find some open windows here. I know. I. I tried to sort of put together a schedule. It's, it's basically impossible. I have like four dinners a night. It's sick. It's awesome. I can't wait. So I have many a day plots. schedule of all the art I want to see. Plus oh nights. I'll, if I hit 60% of it, I'll feel like it was a success. Yeah. I mean, I, 
the only thing that's giving me some sort of confidence is that, you know, three years ago, 2019, when I arrived in Venice to fet you on your birthday at the Bauer. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. I was there just after Basel for my second trip of the season with some clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that trip, I was there only two nights and I saw basically everything. So, like, it's possible to really cram the stuff in during the day. But not really... with the stop and chats. You I were know. there in a more off time. So, I know. The, That's you know, the stop and chats kill you. I know. So, you have to factor in some stop and chat time, a lot of stop and chat time. But when you do that, I think you can really hoof it and just, you know, hit Giardini, the Arsenale, and then all the uh, ancillary stuff. I'm, I'm going to blow up my spot here, Nate. Mm-hmm. This is a trick I learned from the great Martin Klosterfelder. Mm. When walking through an art fair, or a, I think Venice would count, a social occasion where you're trying to get things done, but you have so many stop and chats, and you, everywhere you turn, there's an old friend, some, an old friend of me, someone you need to say hello to. You take the old cell phone. Oh, yeah. You hold it up to the ear, and you just keep marching, pretending as though you're on a very serious, very important phone call. Love People it. get the message, and you can get from point A to point B with a minimum of disruptions. It's a dick move, but it's for the common good. Now, if you see me, and I'm talking to you, right? Yeah, you that's listening right now. If you see me doing that, I'm actually on the phone call. Right. I'm not trying to avoid you. No, of course not. No, you would never do that to them. No, not no, to you. No, not okay. to you, listener. No, never. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's it for us. I mean, I can keep joshing like this forever, joshing and kidding around. But let's get to our guest. Let's get to get to our guest, Mike Egan, right now. after this. Hey, what's going on, Mike Egan? We Welcome to Nota Bene, live with Mike Egan, gallerist, art dealer, artist himself. Really, one of the most extraordinary people we know. Mike is he's okay. <laughs> let's not oversell it, man. What's up, dude? Thanks, guys. Hey, you know, just hanging out. Happy where, to be here. Where are you dialing in me. on the Zoom from? Yeah, tell us where you are. Uh, Venice. Venice. Oh. Ah, Venezia. Ah, Venezia. Mm. Amazing. You're I there already. Yeah. I can taste the water in the yeah. air, the canals. What are you doing there so early, man? It doesn't start till next week. You know, I just I just wanted a uh, you know a couple more spritzes than everybody else. I'm kind of greedy about that, you know. I don't um, blame you. I think uh, you know, hanging out, moral support for artists, mm-hmm. you know, who are doing their thing, and um, getting getting a little uh, jump on the jet lag, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing stuff early. Yeah, love to see it, man. We'll we'll get into everything in Venice in a second, but first, let's talk about you, your practice as a gallerist at Ramekin Crucible, and kind of what's going on. Tell us about the history of your space. Um, let's see. I started Ramekin. Started it. Started it in two thousand nine um, in a disgusting, rat-filled but giant basement on the Lower East Side. I remember that basement, uh, Clinton and East Broadway. Fondly. Yeah, that was fun. It was yeah. fun. Those were those were uh, those were very fun days. Those were really wild days. Those were days when like New York was partying really hard, and you'd go places, and there was chaos. And uh, so you know, I I, uh, I had I had fun. Rent was pretty cheap, um, and uh, uh, yeah, did, well, I guess we should did ask, some what, shows there. What made, what made you start a gallery? You were working. You you were practicing as an artist previous to that. Kind of what was the genesis of opening your own space? I think everything seemed pretty closed off and I wanted my own thing, you know? And I, I think that's the way to do it, especially in New York. Like it's, it's hard to try to figure out like, Oh, what's happening? Where should I show? What should I do? You know, like who are, you know, who's doing things that are interesting? Like, where can I find 
shit that's happening that's related to what I want to do. And, you know, to be honest, that's hard to find. So it's, it's good to start it yourself. And starting your own gallery, you can really show the art you like. And have your own do your own house. thing, throw the parties that you want to throw. Have your own space. Mm-hmm. You know? What were some of the first shows? What were some of the first, you know, an example of like one of those wild energy events that you were having at the space then? What year is this, by the way? This was 2009, mm-hmm. fall of 2009. And, um, you know, back then everyone was emerging from the crash. Yeah. So, I, you know, most, most galleries on the Lower East Side were, you know, proudly, you know, telling everyone, yeah, we're not selling shit. We're not selling anything right now. And I was an art handler, you know, but I, it felt like I could probably strike the best rent deal possible. So that's why I really went for it then. And, um, you know, my space was totally illegal. I didn't even have a lease. I had a license, <laughs> you know, and in case we got kicked out, we had to put like a clause to amortize the rest of the rents that we'd get back because I paid it up front, you know, and it was really cheap. But I think that year I did a solo show with Gavin Kenyon, mm-hmm. who I went to grad school with. And, um, you know, it was probably his worst show, but <laughs> it totally electrified his whole, his, his whole practice. And, you know, it kind of like got it going. Mm-hmm. And so from there you like, you have to do a lot of bad shows. So we learned, I learned, and then let's see. Andrea Cashman and Borden Capolino curated a show called Green Honey. And that was just a crazy party. That was really fun. And that introduced me to a bunch of artists, you know. And then uh, right before that, I got a, a, a random email solicitation, not solicitation, submission, submission from an artist. And uh, I went to her studio and it was Andre Asuda. Wow. And... Um, I was about to be at the end of my license for the space. And um, I asked the landlord, can I use my security deposit and get two more months? Extended it and asked Andre if she wanted to do a solo show. And um, that was a fucking fabulous show. That was, that was, that, that show changed me, changed everything about the gallery people started coming in that I'd never seen before that I'd never thought would come by before. And, and it was just kind of like suddenly there, I don't know. It was just like the space, my energy, her energy, it totally matched up. And, and then and um, magic was halfway born. through the show, we got an offer and magic and magic was happening. That was a really fun time. Cause halfway through that show, um, a promoter came to me and said, Hey, um, could we do a Salem show here? <laughs> and I was like, what's Salem? And he said, Oh, you haven't heard of witch house. And he, he uh, I looked it up a little bit and it seemed like it was pretty, it's kind of like harmony Corinne on a synthesizer. And I, I really, really liked its, its energy and its darkness. And, and Andra liked it too. So we, uh, we deinstalled the work and we put chain link around one of her biggest pieces and they played this show. And then, uh, I think that was it for that space. <laughs> what, yeah. a, what a great way to send yeah. it off. I mean, and then did you do, uh, yeah. with her, did you just subsequently after that do a hotel room installation for an art fair? Am I remembering that correctly? 
Yeah, yeah, but that was about two years later. Okay. I, that was 2011 and a half, 2012, somewhere around there. Okay, time that has was no at, meaning um, to me. Yeah, me neither, me neither. That was, uh, she made these chairs where she cast her own ass and uh, turned them into these three-legged stools. And um, she was actually using the gallery as a studio for part of that time. And, um, the, uh, the chairs, what do we do? We installed them all on the bed, on the bed. Yeah. It was incredible. One room in this hotel. Yeah. That was a whole group. That was, um, what, who got that said? That's a doctor in Massachusetts who actually was there to see a James Fuentes installation. And he talked to Adriana Rubenstein and then poked his head in next door, came back 20 minutes later and was like, I can't stop thinking about these. What is this? Yeah, amazing. Just ten um, years later, I can't you know, stop thinking I, I about think them. I think I want this. So they're fast cool f- pieces for sure. That yeah, they're technically called waiting area. Like what happened? What happened Let's after that, that gallery space closed? Did you immediately move into a new space? Yeah, yeah, right around the corner on Grand and Suffolk, and that is um, yeah, yeah. You've been to tons of shows there. Everybody has. That's like classic Ramekin Classic space, Ramekin, You know this space. Um, yeah, it has the garden out front, and eventually I replaced the windows with that one-way mirror, so it looks kind of like a police station. Mm-hmm. Um, Andra did another show in there. Elaine Cameron Weir did a show in there. She did a couple of shows in there. Dora Budor did a show. Kari Upson did a show. Um, a lot of great artists. Um, let's see. Yeah, Bjarna Melgard. Um, yeah, yeah. The list I is, is pretty long. I think there was something like a hundred shows there. Bjarna did the White Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, that was an incredible yeah, the two show. Two little baby. Elaine's show tigers. was incredible. That was the first time I saw Elaine's work. And then you kind of pop up in Brooklyn like several years later, right? In that incredible space. Well, I had a I had an I had an interlude. Mm-hmm. I had in Los an interlude where I yeah yeah um, I think we came to the end of a period in New York where galleries like Real Fine Arts, 47 Canal, Alex Zachary, it was kind of like this moment where there was a lot of of new energy. And then there was like a, a shift where the art world kind of collapsed again. And at that time, it was kind of like, okay, do we renew our lease here? Or, you know, life is short. Should we try something else out? And um, Adam Lindemann actually uh basically offered us his space and was like do you want to run it out of la for a while try this out um so we did and then he had some kind of problem with his landlord and uh you know it just fell apart it kind of just flaked away and it was um you know a a beautiful moment though because then i i moved the gallery up into the hollywood hills to this little bungalow Mm -hmm. And then after that, basically, while this whole thing was happening, I hadn't really told anyone, but I was working with this architect, David Bench, and he had a big project in Bushwick. And um, I was kind of just letting that progress. And then after a year in L.A., I was like, oh, I think I think I'll do this Bushwick space. And it ended up being a, uh, a 20,000 square foot floor on the top of a building in Bushwick overlooking the trash dump. And Andra did the first show and it was Glassworks, new Glassworks that had just been shown uh, different unique versions of similar pieces had been shown at the Venice Biennale in 2019. And she had 
she had new works. We showed six of them. The light was coming in from the side. The whole skyline of New York was visible. And if you peered out the windows, if you could actually pull your grasp away from these mesmerizing crystals of like, just, just, I don't know. It was like, the light seemed like it was coming from out of these vessels Mm because they're all bottles. They're all self-portraits and they're all bottles. One of the greatest shows I've seen. You would look out the window. Yeah. 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 In fact, I remember when you came, I felt, I felt so bad because I actually, it was hard to get out there and I was late. Everyone's late on you, Benjamin. You're the one that's on time. That's so far from reality, but I love, I love the idea of it. No, I mean, I remember seeing that show. Yeah, it was like a transformative moment for me. And and the lights in the building weren't working, and I came at, like, dusk, and I was walking up this, like, almost blacked-out stairwell with, like, fucking needles and trash, and I was like, where the fuck am I? Am I going to get killed? And then you open the door, and it's like, you know, that moment in, like, The Wizard of Oz when, like, black and white goes to color, and you see this, like, insane vista backdropping these amazing works that Andre made. And it was truly, yeah, a transformative moment. It was so Yeah, so I mean, literally across from some sort of, like, metal, like, recycling center mm-hmm. where they're ripping apart industrial containers, like, spewing all sorts of toxic shit into right. the air. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gnarly over there, but the space itself is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like the small intestine of New York. Right. So I, I, I like looking at all three stages of, of matter, architecture, trash, and art. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, honestly... No gallery has done that, and it's a great metaphor for art because you look at trash and you look at art and you're like, well, this is this art good enough for us to preserve? And I think that's kind of the question. Is art trash or not? And that's why there's so much tension, you know? It's like, I guess everybody likes to talk about money and how much something goes for, but part of that equation is whether this stuff is going to last, whether we're going to be thinking about it and seeing it. As time goes on. Mm-hmm. And so the, the trash dump for me was just like, it's like, look at what happens to stuff. It gets ripped apart. It's gone, you know? And then shining New York, you know? It's like Dia, but with a skyline view. Amazing. But while yeah. holding on to that space, you've also managed to um, ease yourself back over the bridge onto the island of Manhattan as well. Well, you know, I, I, halfway through the pandemic, you know, um, I, I thought, you know, I, the old classic ramekin, that's the perfect space, you know? And, and I spent years manicuring that. And I'm the one, I polished the floor myself. You know, I painted that space so many times. I, you know, put those windows in and I thought, you know, the outdoor space is great because people will be able to hang out outside pandemic, you know? Mm-hmm. And smoke cigarettes and, you know, have a glass of wine or a beer and, you know, openings can actually happen there. So I, um, I, I, I got it back. And do you have a long-term kind of hold on that space or is it, you, you feeling like you're just going to see how it goes? 2029. Amazing. Wow. That's basically so, the end of the decade. Know, yeah. I'll be so old then. Ah, no, you won't be so old, but, you know what? I'm 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 looking for more space. I want to open another gallery. Fuck I'm yeah. thinking Midtown or Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. Come on up, man. The yeah. weather's fine. It is. I mean, I I love it. I can see you doing something weird in Midtown. Like Upper East Side is almost too normcore for you. There's some great spaces in Midtown. There is, yeah. In fact, I I found one, so really? I'm working it out right now. Yeah, yeah I heard it here first. Yeah, 
a little scoop bomb yeah. here in Notavene. A scoopalit. Scoopalit. Yeah. Scoopalit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I mean, uh, one of my one of my favorite galleries. I have an artwork by uh, I won't say who, but an artist from your roster that I acquired from you, hanging, looking at it right over the TV. We're zooming on. Um, but you're also one of the reasons we want to talk to you because we consider you kind of a Venice pro. Because what have you been there for the opening? Of what three or four Venice Biennales? This is my third opening. Third, yeah. third opening. And you have you helped artists kind of oversee installation all three of those times? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moral support that happens. You know, there's a lot of organizing. There's a lot of just you know, hanging out and figuring out what the next move is. Paying you know? the dinner Cause bill. Because with with Venice, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, getting a spritz and chilling out and thinking about this space, you know, because it's it's a uniquely challenging thing to do. Um, the uh, the Arsenale, the Giardini, these are spaces with with lights that no artist has worked with before, you know, with, you know, shadows and 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 vibes that, you know, you just I mean, it's hundreds of years old you know the the arsenale i and think cavernous. i don't I mean, know maybe i'm so, wrong about that it feels so cavernous no cavernous i think it's, in it's there like too. five or six hundred years old and you know it was you know, yeah. uh just a place to store weapons you know like missions you know the the republic of venice was at war with its neighbors you know running the seas yeah. mm-hmm. um so so i we, love that shit i know i love that shit too yeah, and i, I can, over there. You can feel that yeah. like in the space too Oh. You know, just the the yeah. the most it's what the most serene republic is Venice. Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of tips do yeah, you have yeah. going yeah. into this year for like fucking like what looks good so far? What do you what have you been peeking through corner uh, around corners and through doorways at that you're you're keen for the people to see? Oh, they didn't let me in. No, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, that's they haven't let me in yet. No, that's incredible. So, no. what, what have you been doing? You've no, been, you've been I, literally I, just spritzing. I may have snuck in last night, but that's because I have a cane and a boot, and mm-hmm. I just I pulled the sympathy card. Right, you know that's fine. But it was late, and the, you know the, the security guard was was a very nice man. But um, you know, I, I I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything, and um, I think they're very secretive about this stuff. They really don't like it to to get out. But um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm you know, I'm obviously I'm very, very, very excited about the artists that I've worked with who have things there, you know, Andra, Kari Upson, um, who sadly passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cameron Weir. And, you know, that kind of show what, what this Biennale is centered around. It's, you know, the title is, is, is after Leonora Carrington, uh, I think a, a poem, a piece that she made. And, you know, this Biennale is definitely heavily centered uh, towards a, 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 you know, I think a, a female, a woman's uh, perspective. Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know that um, as far as on the, on the list of any ever, and that's great, you know, because like Kurt Cobain said, the future is 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 with women, yeah. you know, and um, uh, but I think artists that I don't work with that I'm super excited to see is I'm really digging me. Mira Lee. Do you know this artist? No, no I don't think I so. Don't. You guys heard of her? No. Yeah, yeah. So she just did a show at the Schinkel Pavilion with Geiger. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really a big, I'm, I'm, I like the movies that Geiger designed things for. And Geiger himself is this perverse, like weirdo who's like, you know, sort of super wild and, and, 
had did a bunch of different things, sort of a commercial artist, but pairing it with Mira Lee, I think, uh, exposed me to Mira Lee, and 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 that was worth it alone. She's making these machines that kind of like squirm and and move around, but they're completely um, hardware. It's like pistons or pumps and you know tubes and like metal parts that like slowly move and they they pump out like weird fluids that she has you know uh kind of uh, uh that she's tested and made till they're like the exact viscosity that they'll like ooze out and get repumped through the system and it's like the grossest craziest tingly sculptures you've ever seen but they're completely abstract because it's all hardware you know I love it. I love oh, wow. that work. That sounds so. I want to see what awesome. she's yeah. what she's done. Into it, into it. Just the idea of yeah, it was, discovering. It's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah it's that's cool. why we love Venice is to go discover things I haven't heard of, right. or I haven't that, seen. That gets me so excited just to like to see her work and also just discover new artists. Yeah, it's it's you know when I look at a Biennale list and there's names that I don't know, I get excited. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what that's what we're in the game for, yeah. man. I'm, I'm not here to say. I mean, I'm I'm very excited to see the artists that I've supported and have been a fan of and tracked and see what they come up with. But even more so for to be totally blown away by new information. I mean, that's why I got into the into the art game was to have my brain yeah. changed by external stimuli. And mm-hmm. Like that's it for very me. much so. Um, and just to have my per- there's my a lot perception, of like to be list. open to perceive, to be open to perceive. There's a ton of artists on this list that mm-hmm. I had, I had never heard of yeah. or, or Which very I've never heard of. And yeah. you know, Cecilia is. You and Cecilia is so. She's she's awesome. She's the she, greatest. I know that there's going to be some things in there. Yeah, yeah. She's I mean, great. She's like her brain curator, is, is fucked eye. up and awesome. And like this is going to be a weird and wild Biennale. I know it is for sure. Now, have you since you're not allowed into the physical plant of the Biennale? Have you? I know there are some kind of ancillary uh, exhibitions that are already open there in Venice. Have you popped through and seen anything that we should make sure are on our list? The High Priestess of Sex and Death, Marlena Dumas. That mm-hmm. show is fucking killer. Really? Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there are some rooms of pornographic work that are just jaw-dropping. And it's really nice to see stuff collected. There's the iconic works, like, you know, um, the painter, the little girl with the red and blue hands. There's a section that's really political. There's some larger works that are, you know, pretty developed. Uh, but there's just these early works which have all the pathos, all the rawness, all the like hardcore sexuality. And it's, you know, it's it's sex and death. It's amazing. Wow. Damn, put it on your list, folks. Which, um, that sounds, you know, it is fuck. I, I feel like yeah. that also kind of links in, though, with, in, in a way, in a vibe sense, uh, with the vibe of the Biennale or what totally. I think it'll be like in terms of a, a, a matriarchal power source. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, uh, it's, uh, you know, the Palazzo Grassi looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel that energy too, Ben. Definitely. Well, the world needs more than energy, man. It would fix mm-hmm. a lot of problems. Now, it's, as you've been bopping around Venice, you, you bump into anyone yet? Who, yeah, who you've been there? hanging out with? What's the scene report? Let's see. Who's there? Who's there? Um, who have I seen so far? To be honest, who'd you, you know, who'd you have dinner with tonight? Uh, well, a dinner has not yet happened. Yeah, dinner has not yet happened. So I'm having dinner with Andre Suda, Andrea Cashman from David's oh, Warner. Oh, great! She's there already. Um, awesome. 
yeah. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. That's the crew right there. Yeah. I had a lovely dinner with 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 you and those two back in December. Do you remember, Mike? Oh yeah, yeah. That was an oh, yeah. epic meal. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like a five hour long yeah. dinner. What yeah. what have you been eating and drinking then? Like any places we should check out? Like yeah. you, I've spent a lot of time in Venice, but I feel like you've spent even more time. Uh, like where should we make sure we hit up for a chiquetta or or, or a meal? Mm-hmm. Well, I, my personal favorite is Cortescanto. I don't know if you guys have been there. I don't know. It's don't near know. the. Um, it's it's in the it's kind of in the Castello area. It's 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 near the Arsenale. If you were to say it's near anything. Um, they have the best soft shell crabs. Oh, uh, very me. good. Very sign good. me up. Me. Sign me up. Oh my so god! Now I'm, I'm going eat... to dinner at yes. I'm going to eat five soft of those shell crabs. Are amazing. Oh god damn it! That's that's all I'm going to eat yeah. every day: breakfast, lunch, dinner, soft shell crabs. Let's fucking go. That's like my favorite food. Like, like I don't think there's anything I like more yeah. than soft shell. Yeah, crabs. I mean, listen. In yeah. terms of Venice food, I mean, fried fried seafood. Fried is seafood. Where yeah, it's at. exactly. That's where it's at. That's that's where you get you get the Frito Misto for for everything. That's it. Um, I get a little free dummy stood out, but I, I have a list of spots. Do you Probably. like? Uh, do you like liver? Oh yeah, I've liver? only had the the traditional Venetian liver dish once or twice. I, I like it. it. I don't love it. I can see you liking it. Nate. It's good for you. I also fuck with some vitello tonato. That's more of a, a Milan. That's thing. a Milanese dish, but yeah, yeah of but course like, I fuck it's with still that. In the region. Oh, yes, uh, one of the great underrated dishes. And the person that turned yeah. that, and then there's that uh, dish is actually little... Massimiliano Gioni. Really? Yeah, he was like, "Oh, you got to try this," and I was like, "Oh, oh so this is amazing." Ah, God. Uh, anyway, you were saying, Mike, I cut you off. I was always confused by that dish. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like, is it is it veal or is it tuna? I right. don't know. And then eventually, That's what's amazing about you it. know, I it's found both. out it's veal with Surf tuna sauce. and turf, baby. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> tuna sauce. What kind of sick brain came I know. up with that? They should make more sauces out of fish. Like, it's just like, you know, no, but like every fish sauce is great. It all throughout like history, across cultures, take a fish, make it a sauce. Genius. <laughs> I love, yeah. love the passion. Yeah. Love the passion. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna, we're looking forward to seeing you. I drop into town on Monday afternoon. I think uh, find you to Lincoln Build. Nate, I think will be there too. But I wanted to also hear. Um, I know you spend some time in Hawaii, and we're recently there. Oh, and yeah. checked out the uh, the Hawaii Biennial. The Honolulu Biennial, not the Biennial. Yeah, yeah. The there's a triennial. The, the Hawaii Triennial. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. You know, um, and uh, it's—I mean, it's—it's it, kind of a history lesson on Hawaii, and there was some really, really cool things. Um, I really liked this work by this. This—they didn't—they called it uh, Elapeo Press, but um, it was run by these poets and Richard Hamasaki, uh, his brother, and this poet. Named Wayne Kamali, Kaumuali uh, Westlake, and um, he wrote poems about being a janitor in Waikiki in the seventies. And they're kind of like concrete poems. They're, they're they play with space and time. They're super beat. They're they're a lot of different things, but they they definitely have this seventies Waikiki attitude. When there were a ton of protests basically about, you know, um, Hawaii being independent and, uh, it was badass. It was such, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know, the United States, um, deposed the monarchy and took it over. And, um, in the seventies, it came to a head because a lot of locals were getting evicted 
And it just became this, this kind of thing where, you know, the, the logical extreme of, of capitalism, of gentrification came to its end point because you can't move people off an island. Where are they going to go? You know, and, and these people's families had been on this land for years and, you know, the government and the police and real estate people were trying to evict people. And it's like, there is nowhere else to go. You can't, you, you, it's, it's a question that came to its, its logical end point. And uh, so there was this, this um, heavy duty protest movement and it kind of went hand in hand with another thing that I, I, I really uh, loved learning the history of when I was younger, which is the, the localism of the North shore, which is where I spent the rest of my time. And, um, you know, there were moments where Hawaii really blew up in the media as like surfing became popular and, you know, Australians and Californians, they really invaded Hawaii. And um, there were these, these moments of like, just like, I don't know, kind of punk protest where it was like, I think I remember reading like the, the, the Australians were out surfing big waves at pipe and they look out at shore and there's just a bunch of guys in black t-shirts and black shorts on the shore waiting for them when they got out of the water. And I went to the North shore and I looked at these waves and they're just like, they're like artworks. They're the most beautiful things you've ever seen. There's just spiraling cascading tubes, you know, 20 feet tall. And guys are like ripping them on like tiny little boards right above, like, you know, super jagged rocks a lot of pros are like wearing helmets now because the, you know, the waves are, and the reef is just so crazy. Um, so that was, that was really beautiful. Cause I actually grew up on Hawaii when I was a kid, I was there for kindergarten and first grade. So I went back there, kind of saw that. And then the triennial did a really beautiful thing for me, which is it, it um, kind of taught me a history that I'd never been taught before mm-hmm. officially through a lot of different voices, but you know, I'm, I'm a, a poetry guy. I, I like the beats. I like, I like words. I like, uh, so I really, I really dug that. Oh, that sounds El, great. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Press. I mean, that's something that I wish yeah. I could see. I mean, what you did do, Mike, is when Lucy and I came out of the gallery uh, the other day, as soon as we left, Lucy was like, we have to go to Hawaii now. Like, we were going to Hawaii this, this fall, winter because of baby just, moon. Yeah, a little bit of baby moon. Just because, Mike, I mean, you were just so passionate <laughs> about it. And, like, this is, this is it. It's like, it seems far away if you're in New York. You know, it's it's pretty easy to appear in L.A., but you know it's worth it. It's it's just a magical place. I've, been uh, I've never I've kid. never been. I would, I, would, I would like to check it out as well. Mm-hmm. Although, unfortunately, especially for Venice, Micah, it, it, it Hawaii fought Hawaii fought back, man. Yeah. <laughs> it bruised you up. What went down? I noticed you're, you're rocking yeah. a cane and a boot. What's happening over there? Uh, you know, I, it happened on my last day. You know, and I went you know for of all things my 40th birthday you know and i wanted to wanted to reactivate those memories you know and i felt so great you know i wasn't i was i was so pure and clean and exercising and running down this hill on my last day and and uh i just jumped off the trail took my eyes off this route and uh stepped on it and and broke my foot so yeah well you know know, it's quite a quite a reminder of mortality right <laughs> it'll get you to the front of the line in, mm-hmm. in, in venice i yeah. would think for just about any event go, and, go and you you copped a really sick cane where did you get that again it's awesome oh yeah yeah um zittimers zittimers uh, oh, classic pharmacy. classic have you ever been there oh yeah i haven't yeah. been there oh yeah, Nate. yeah yeah really yeah. Yeah. yeah okay all right i'll check it out they That's still they still oh, deliver. It's, great. it's incredible it's great 
It's a, it's a, it's a basically a crossword. They have everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, they have Mike. Everything. We're going to let you everything. get to dinner. Um, I know you're running late. We cannot okay. wait to be in Venice right. with you. This Sorry we were late well. to connect. But yeah, we're going to see you in a few days. And uh, what are you doing Monday night? Are you grabbing the cane? Monday night. Well, Monday night is actually... Yeah, yeah. Got the cane. Got, well, I turned the lights off. Yeah, no, we can see you again. But, um, I was wondering what was happening. The, uh, what's, yeah. Yeah, the sun The sun went down. The sun went down here in Venice. Um, Monday is Easter. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter Monday. I don't think that there are many plans happening. I think it's it's going to be probably pretty closed up in Italy. Why? What you got uh, going on? Nothing. I was, I was just maybe we'll just go grab. Yeah. There are very few things open. I've identified a couple restaurants that will be open on Easter Monday in Venice. So uh, maybe we'll link up yeah. and, and grab a meal there with some people. I think that sounds great. All right, that's it from us. I look forward to seeing you, right, Mike. Fun. Thank you so much for coming on. We really what appreciate a it. Talk to you soon, buddy. My pleasure. All right.